Anyway, Melissa's with the baby, and I'm sure Melissa's like, "You can go for a run, go for a run." You're like, yeah. I, "I can't. There's too much stuff going." On. She's like, "I'm breastfeeding the baby right now." You're like, "I gotta stay here." And like, be like, go this for a run. granite. This granite needs polished. I can't do it. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Are You Ready for Another? The ongoing conversation about life, beer, and what lies ahead. I'm Michael Moyer, and I'm Kevin Murphy. Alrighty, Kevin. It's the start of a new. 100 episodes, yeah. 101, so. <laughs> it's a new era. <laughs> it's a new era. Um, I'm still wrapping up my um, beer advent calendar from BrewDog, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> going to be at this for a while. But <laughs> Yeah, I <I'd- laughs> um, Same thing with me, man. <laughs> uh, th- this beer is uh, called, it's their, so it's BrewDog, but it's their Overworks series, mm-hmm. and it is a Cosmic Crush apricot sour it's 6.0 percent abv uh before i talk about the beer the label is like top tier it's mm. like a textured label and it's die cut it's got this oh. little swoosh and stuff so wow i am really like it i, I <laughs> the label not, i'm not even gonna critique the design on the label just the like the physicality of the label is very nice mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um but the notes on it is a shimmering golden orb. Juicy, freshly cut apricots hit the nose and take center stage on the palate. Dry as space dust and tart body is deftly balanced with mouthwatering juiciness. All resting on a Brett Funk baseline and lingering fruity finish. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of words thrown out through there, but now I'm a fan of sours. And I know sours can be like a really difficult thing for a lot of people to have mm-hmm. or for to taste. Right. This is not a sour I'd give someone that's not a huge fan of sours. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it, okay. It is. It is. It's a good sour. I like it. Right. Right. But I, I think it's a little intense. Um, it's it's I, I, I'm digging it a lot, um, but I don't think I would recommend you drink it because yeah. i know you're not like the biggest sour fan right right <laughs> I, I i feel like i've definitely become more accustomed to them um but i was someone as a kid like i hated like anything that was like sour like mm-hmm. i just it was not something i enjoyed eating like the candies <laughs> and stuff like that so i could i i think that's where like my un- initial like dislike of sours stemmed mm-hmm. from but but as I drink them more, I kind of started like developing a taste for them. So, mm-hmm. oh, and I forgot to give a, a description on what their Overworks is, uh, Brewdog's Overworks. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm just going to read it directly from their site. <clears throat> Dedicated to exploring and pushing the boundaries of what is possible with fermentation, we are on a quest to redefine wild and sour beers forever. So, it seems like the Overworks series is just sours, which makes okay. sense. Okay. With a purpose-built facility where craft beer and nature find harmony, we utilize wild yeast and microbes from our environment ingredients uh, sourced from all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting they have a purpose-built facility uh, where I wonder, when we've done a few brewery tours, like Jackie O's, for example, they have one section that they try and keep separate from the other beer, because, and I'm going to completely butcher why, the, mm-hmm. the chemistry behind the the particles in the air okay. different yeast could like react differently right. and screw up their batches huh and so i wonder if um like it's to the point where their their exhaust for the room is pushing all one way so that way it's push you know it's like 
it comes and it, and it's like nope we don't even though you could walk into the other brewery part okay from a door the air is like pushing it into that other side so that there wow. no air gets back in and stuff. huh uh, but it's it was pretty pretty cool learning about that yeah and yeah, um, definitely so i wonder if they say purpose built facility if 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 they're doing that level of trying to kind of keep the thing separate just because it you know there can be a lot of contamination and uh stuff going amok you know <laughs> yeah but um so far two thumbs up um for this sour i'm not normally a huge fan of apricot flavored things uh okay. but this is i'm not really tasting too much apricot it's just very like a kind of a juicy sour but combined with the label awesomeness i'm i'm going to give it two thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so and, and I kind of agree, like like when you said you weren't a fan of sour stuff when you're young, mm-hmm. a lot of sours, like especially hard sours, do start to taste either. I've always felt they're either vinegary. OK. Or they taste like Sour Patch Kids. Mm. Like it's yeah. like it's like sugary, you know, sour yeah. or yeah. it's like, oh, I want to put it on French fries type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, that'd be a good uh, pairing. Uh, beer pairing is uh, f- get some, you know, uh, fair fries and, and get some, you know, nice b- sour beers and use that instead of vinegar for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dunk, now, do you like vinegar on? Yeah, on, on fries at the fair or anything like that? Or you stay away from even that? Like um, the, the fair fries, I'll do the vinegar on them. But I, that's about the only time I reach for the, the malt vinegar for, for <laughs> French fries. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, it's just like ton of ketchup, ton of salt, ton of malt vinegar. Mm-hmm. Can't I, I do wonder <laughs> the history behind sour beers. If it was just like somebody was drinking malt vinegar and they were like, mm, you know what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really wish this had alcohol in it. And, right. Know. <laughs> they went oh. into their their laboratory and came out with a <laughs> an apricot sour but um i don't know i dig sours i, I can't do them all the time I, these would be low on the crushability yeah, uh, yeah. scale right but that doesn't mean i don't like them at all but, right um, anyways so what are you drinking tonight so i am too continuing on this uh advent calendar journey um so I'm on beer, what is it, beer seven and eight of 24 beers. Nice. <laughs> so I'm going to be at this a while. But I have, my first one is uh, the Schlossbrie, uh UBM's beer, uh, 333. Um, and I guess like UBM's is like, uh, means like celebration or like, uh, jubilee or something in, in uh the translation uh, german to english um because it, it is the the 333 stands for it's like the 303rd year anniversary of this brewery um and so they made this um 5.3% abv uh marzen style uh ale um i really like this one it's kind of a copper amber uh in color um, has a nice full body to it and, uh, has some sweetness. Like, uh, they even said like honey, honey in there, um, touches of apple and, and citrus as well. Um, but this guy that was like reviewing it on beer advocate, he says, this is indeed an Oktoberfest, which makes me wonder, is it one of those things where 
all Oktoberfests are Marzins, but not all Marzins are Oktoberfests. Um, so I need to do some research into that because uh, <laughs> I I didn't know. All right. According to craftbrewing.com, Kevin, uh-huh. the shortest answer to Oktoberfest versus Marzen riddle is this. Oktoberfest beer, um, in German, Oktoberfest beer, <laughs> is the beer served on the Weizen during the annual Munich October Festival. It used to be a Bavarian amber lager known as a modern Marzen, but in the 1970s was replaced by a much lighter lager known as Festbier. So mm. it was like, it was Oktoberfest up until the 70s, and for uh, whatever reason, okay. Oktoberfest beers became lighter. Right. According to craftbrewing.com. Yeah. <laughs> if that's wrong. <laughs> Uh, email uh, craft brewing at are you ready for another <laughs> right <laughs> and and it's funny because so all of, all of these labels are are just very um to the point there's no really artwork to them i mean there's some artistic flair to them but i forget where it was i think it was maybe untapped when i was looking these beers up on on untapped and this guy was like basically saying like it's so nice to see beer that just has like a simple label and not like all this artsy fartsy stuff or something. <laughs> I was like, I just want to be like, screw you, dude. Like the, the artwork on the can is, is you know, like the, the so fun he sh- stuff. But yeah, he should love uh, uh, Main Brewing Company then because they're like as simple as it can get for their labels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But done but, expertly. But overall, overall, I I really I'm really digging this one. This is it's really hitting the spot tonight for for various reasons. So I'm I'm liking it. Nice. So UBM's beer. <laughs> UBM's beer. <laughs> um. So tonight, um, Kevin and I've kind of been going back and forth on what tonight's topic is going to be, and Kevin mentioned this topic, but I wanted to come at it slightly differently i think and i think kevin might be thinking about this topic because he's bringing and um, him and his wife are bringing a, a future human into the world mm-hmm. and one of the, the the big changes when you you're taking care of your own baby is no one else is going to do it for you right? mm-hmm. like, i mean there'll be help you know like parents and family and stuff but it's like nope this is your responsibility this child right right and so the question is has there been somebody that's made a huge impact on your life like a mentor figure and you know who were they you know were you young were you old etc i have a slightly different take on how i'm going to answer it but okay you're the one that kind of brought this question up to me so i'm going to let you kick off what your answer is to that question is Okay. So like I, I was like pondering this thing. Um, you know, and and you brought up a very good point um about about, you know, like when you become a parent, you kind of d- by default become mm-hmm. this person that they look up to or you know that, you know, it's like you're you're the you're the person that they go to if they have problems. Um and that's kind of scary on of itself because you think like, oh man, like <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, at, at times you f- barely feel like you have your life together, let alone like <laughs> shelling out advice to this moldable, you know, innocent, uh, yep, little, yep. little being. <laughs> um, so I was, I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking, 
um, about like being a kid and like what what kids usually would you know like somebody that's like a like a mentor and inspiration and and um, I would I would think uh, there would be lots of common answers in the sense of you know I I had a coach that that was really in you know really influenced me as as a young young person or. Or I had this one math teacher that just would not give up on me and and really pushed me and and believed in me and all of that stuff. And as I was reflecting on my own life, I was like, well, I don't really have any like memorable uh, teachers. I I have memorable moments, but I I want to I want to kind of lump them in the um, you know they are like an inspiration or a mentor or they changed my trajectory or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then I was thinking about like coaches and I was just like, well, I definitely don't have any coaches because I, you know, I never really had an interest to play sports when I was younger and, and my parents never pushed me to, to go into sports and, and you know th- that's fine but it's just like i never i never had that kind of like team sport you know like you ha- you have someone to look you know you look mm-hmm. as as the you know this is the way you should do it or help you with with various things um so naturally my my thought process landed on kind of the first influential person um that 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 was kind of i don't know like family aside I, I don't want to make it sound like like none of my family was in, mm-hmm. influential but i'm i'm saying outside of the 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 yeah. an intermediate family circle mm-hmm. um was my guitar teacher um and this was uh you know a person that i had absolutely no you know no idea who this person was before i decided to take guitar lessons um and so i in 2000, I all of a sudden decided, hey, I want to play bass. I bought a bass and I was in guitar lessons like two, like in a two week span of time. And I remember like meeting my guitar teacher, his name was Marty. And he was like, just like the coolest, most down to earth person. Like I think you could ever want from a guitar teacher. Like he was someone that not only he knew multiple instruments, so he kind of could coach different different instruments there, but he also like never he never like I don't know like he never made you feel like you sucked, and obviously mm-hmm. you had to suck pretty bad <laughs> when you yeah. first started out, you know, like I literally had never picked up a bass in my life mm-hmm. um so I am going to kind of leave it at there. Uh, and kind of continue that story a little bit later. But w- what about you? Like, what uh, when when I posed this question, you obviously kind of had some people that popped up into your mind um, as far as 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 your life mm-hmm. is concerned. So I, I think um, the, the the answer has shifted in my life, and you know, as mm-hmm. you get older, obviously you're what you think about things is going to change. Um, and you know, you learn different things and stuff. So I actually came up with three and okay. I'm not going to go it too much into detail yet. Cause I think we'll kind of go back and forth on a lot. of Right. Stuff. Right. 
Um, but growing up bar none, and this is why I asked if you wanted to include family members or not, because I, I agree, like you have to include your parents, not because it's like, oh, just my parents, because obviously they shape you more than anyone. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Um, but growing up, I had enough of an age difference with my brother that like he could do no wrong, right? Like if if he did, you know, went left, I would say, well, I guess we always go left, right? Mm-hmm. Or, if, you mm-hmm. know. If he played this sport, um, I've got to play that sport too. Like I just followed that trajectory. I even went to the same college, and I didn't really consciously think of it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Adam went to Ohio University. I have to go to Ohio University, right? Uh, but it was more like I'd visited, you know. But it was still like in the back of my mind. I was just like, oh, okay, that's comfortable, right? I, right. Um, I can do that. Um, the only time I really veered from the, you know, it, all the programs he did, 4H. Honor society stuff, uh, key club, all all that stuff. He was a part of those things. I was a part of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only time I really did my own path <laughs> was with um, track and field. Okay. I did shot put and discus. And I right. don't. I was trying to think about this when when you asked this question. I was like, why did I? Because with soccer, with swim team, everything, every sport. Um, there were two things where we split. He played baseball and I did track and field uh, with shot and discus. And I don't even remember. I remember seventh grade. It had to just be like, you know, Hey, track starts today. Anybody that wants to join, just show up, you know, like whatever it is on the announcements. Right. There was no, right. And, you know, because with all the other sports, with soccer, it's like you kind of have already been playing with the people for a few years and Mm -hmm. everyone plays and then select and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, even with basketball, you had been playing since fourth or fifth grade in the, the bitty leagues. Football had its own, but it's just like track and field was just like, yep. And it's like, well, I don't run. I'm not going to join that. Like what made me do that? But anyways, that's, that's getting off tangent. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, um, senior year and our swim team, um, awards wrap up, blah, blah, blah. Like all the seniors had to give little speeches, which is like weird for me to think about now. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) man, that had to be so fucking horrible for all the parents. Be like, Oh my God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, one, I had to write a song because of course, like two of the parents were like, you have to write a song. And I was like, Oh my God, really? And so like, you probably had to half the parents that were like, Oh, Michael's like writing a song. This is fun. And the other half are like, oh, my God, Michael's writing a song. you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I made it funny, but I tried to make it kind of serious, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then during my speech, I can't remember when I sang the song, but during my speech, I called out my brother, even though he wasn't there. And I remember, like, thinking that was, like, a weird thing for me to do. Because it's okay. not like anybody there really cares about my brother, right? Like, it was, I don't know. It's just a strange thing for me to think about. But yeah, brother yeah. is definitely number one. Um, and then the next phase of my life was a very short-lived mentor. And this is where, as I've gotten older, I realize you have you don't have to have a mentor that lasts ten years as a mentor. Yeah, they can be injections in your life for a month at a time mm-hmm. or three months or something, and mm-hmm. but they can profoundly change your outlook on things and just you know affect you in a way that you didn't think were going to be right. Um, and so the second person is in my college year, and I think I've already touched upon this is. Uh, one of the professors in the graphic design program for like two years, he was a visiting professor. And so for people that don't know what that means, he's not a full-time professor. Uh, the the staff has asked him to come back to kind of teach for maybe a few semesters or quarters. Um, and, but with the whole 
intention of him not staying or him, mm-hmm. him or her not staying, right? They're just, they're, they're working in a professional aspect somewhere else. And at this time he was working in New York and then went to Europe and stuff. And he was like, sure, I'll have, I'll come back and teach for a year or two. I can't remember how long, but I saw him speak at, um, just the, the art program in general always had just like people give presentations like, Oh, this is so-and-so talking about this. And mm-hmm. I went and saw him and he just opened my mind to what graphic design could be. Uh, you know, I guess, I guess if you asked mm-hmm. me, I'd think it was like drawing comics or something like, you know, or something like that. And I was right. You know, I peaked in seventh grade with comic book drawing, you know, just copying X books, X men covers. Um, but that speech kind of like, made me go, oh, that's what you could do. And it's not anything like, it, it can be sexy, like that field, but like a lot of what he showed was mundane stuff. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. I'm into the mundane, <laughs> right? Right, right. Um, I can do that, you know? And then fast forward to the next year, I actually had him as a professor and he just continued to inspire me with making me think about things differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, when you drive down the road and you look at the the road signs, he's like, who do you think designed those? You know, mm-hmm. like, somebody came up with a language for, for road signs. Right, right. That font that is used was thought through. And not, a, you know, it's not always thought through super deep, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the beauty of a lot of design stuff is sometimes that simple thing just comes to people and it just kind of works. But right. the idea of road signs in general you go the world round and a lot of them mimic each other, right? China, I think completely mimics our road signs. Okay. Europe has slightly different things, but, but they all are trying to communicate something. And I just mm-hmm. thought that was, mm-hmm. um, so he's number two. The number three was my professional work life. And I, th- I really think I didn't truly start working and putting like myself fully into stuff until I started working full time. And my boss right out of college, you know, it was for a small design company mm-hmm. and we went through, they sold the company, went to another company. We got merged into their, this other company's marketing department. Right. He left that company, went to another company, hired me from a different company. And then when I moved to DC and I'll never forget this because my DC boss told me this like a year into working, um, for CBRE, who I used to work for. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, we had about like 45 applicants. And we narrowed it down to five or something. Mm-hmm. You were one of those five. And he's like, and I called all the recommendations or, you know, the like, uh, you know, people you need to call. And um, he's like, I called yours. And I was like, oh, do you remember who it was? And he's like, well, he's like, I, I do because he had your name. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's cool. And he's like, all he said was, you would be the dumbest person in the world if you did not hire, hire Michael on the spot. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, can you care to elaborate? And he's just like, no matter what you'll throw at him, he will blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, he went off on mm-hmm. it. And I was like, oh, that's all. You know, and like my old boss never told me what he said, right, and stuff. And my right. new boss didn't have to tell me that. But he's like, that 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 um, recommendation was just, you know, it just put you over, you know, even though somebody else might've been better at this. Right. 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 But it, it was that common. Well, obviously my interview skills and stuff too, but he's like that, that's what pushed you to the top of, of the thing. And I was just like, Oh, that's nice. And I was like, I, that's when I realized I wanted to kind of pay it forward in some way. And we can talk about this later, but that's when I started trying to become a mentor myself. Mm-hmm. 
in a more um, literal capacity. And a lot of the, the places I've worked have mentoring um, things you can do, mm-hmm. especially at CBRE, which was a huge company. Um, I was a mentor for people. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's, it's more in a business sense. It's not like, Oh, this person chose me. It's more like, Hey, we got paired uh, through HR and stuff. And they ch- chose me because I have these set of skills. Right, and this person's right. trying to go up in the company and stuff. But uh, right. That, that's, that's really when, and I, I got a lot of, I got a lot out of that that I never thought I would. Like if you asked mm-hmm. me when I was 25, I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, or, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it was nice to have that. And there's really no, it's not like you got paid extra or anything, right? It's not, there's no award given, but it, but it was a nice feeling trying to, to pass that stuff along. But, mm-hmm. but anyways, yeah. yeah, those are my, my three. I've kind of broke them up in three. So if you think of early life, uh, educational life and, you know, adulthood, is kind of where I'm breaking mm-hmm. those three things apart, but right, right, but yeah, just uh, kind of go back to my my guitar teacher. He was a, um, he was a Berkeley College of Music in Boston. He was a graduate uh, from there, um, and that is kind of when that college, um, which is a world renowned music college, kind of first came into to light of of realizing like i felt like Ber- like i feel like in a lot of ways like berkeley is kind of like the 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 final stop it's like the, the it's like the the validation of like i'm uh i'm good enough i can get into berkeley type of thing um mm-hmm. and he he would tell stories about like playing on the street corner in the man what was it it was probably like late 70s early 80s when he was there um uh, like playing on the street corner, playing guitar, like trying to earn money, you know, he's going to Berkeley and stuff like that. And, and I, I think, I think that's one thing that I was, was most, uh, kind of, I guess he believed in, you know, he, he really believed in me. Like he was just like, you could go there. Like, he's like, you're good enough, you know, like, and I think that's like any type of aspiring, whatever, it's like you you need you need those people to kind of believe in you know mm-hmm. you 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 know and so I re- I remember like him him being you know like like telling me about Berkeley and be like yeah he's like you could he could, you could go there definitely mm-hmm. you know like he's like you're you're you know and he and and that's and it and it was not something that I thought that like he like oh he tells that to everybody type of thing like i think he was being very genuine in his mm-hmm. his um critique of like you know my my ability to kind of go you know like where mm-hmm. i could take this this you know this new um um you know t- um hobby that i decided mm-hmm. to start um and so no, I, just, I i i mean i <laughs> yeah i highly doubt he's telling every you know, I'm sure he, for every bass person he was teaching, he was teaching like 15 guitars, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, and I guarantee you he's not, you could go to Berkeley and be like, what the fuck is Berkeley? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just teach me, uh, you know, I don't even know what music, teach me the latest sync song. Right, right. right. Um, and yeah, and I, I even remember like we put a, put, uh, put together like a little um, ensemble. It was like for a, a music recital, um, but it wasn't like like uh, it, this is my at least my memory of it. Um, I you know like 
I I hope this is the 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 correct interpretation of it. But um, during that time, I felt like he of all of his students. Now he he taught in both Lancaster and Circleville, so he probably had I'm going to say like 50 students because that was like his full time job. Yeah, yeah, that was his full time gig. Was like teaching. He, yeah. yeah, he he taught because I mean taught. Joel even took lessons from him when he was young. You okay. know, that's how long he'd been around, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, um, so he taught he taught uh, multiple instruments. So, anyways, he he kind of put together like uh, what I considered like the best of the best uh, ensemble, and so I thought that was pretty cool. Like I was just like, oh, like he picked me, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you know, and so like we just learned like a bunch a bunch of songs. Um, you know, and, and he was like a really big, he was really big into Beatles, but he was also like a really big kiss person as well. <laughs> like he just, he, I just remember like going into lessons and he would have like a kiss t-shirt with like cut off sleeves on him, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man. And you're like, this is the guy I want to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And he just, he just, he really believed in me. And, and, um, I remember, uh, you know, so I took lessons from him for, for like five years. And, and I remember like that, that last lesson. Um, I remember like being like, I don't, I don't, I, I just remember like feeling kind of, I, I wasn't like crying. But I was like, just very, I think it was like, oh, I haven't felt like this type of sadness before yeah. because did, this now, is did, like something that I did every. So why did you end it? Like you knew that was going to be your last lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is, yeah. So do you remember why you were ending it was like. It, it like, was because I graduated high school and it was like kind of, I was, I was moving on to college, you know, like mm-hmm. I was, I was taking the next step, the next mm-hmm. life step and, and driving to Circleville every single week. Um, because like halfway through my, me taking lessons with him, like he stopped te- teaching in Lancaster and he only was in Circleville. So I had to drive to Circleville every single mm-hmm. week to take lessons from him. Um, and so like my, my presumably, uh, life next life step, it, it didn't make sense to keep, keep taking lessons from him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can always go back to them. That's the thing is, um, it, you know, lessons isn't a music lessons mm-hmm. aren't for kids K through 12. Right. right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Fur Peace Ranch is all about, you know, with your McAlkinen and stuff down here is it's a $1,500 for a weekend, but you get to learn from G Smith and like all these other guitarists that he mm-hmm. has fly in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're ne- what's the saying? You're never too old to learn, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so you should just reach out to him and be like, Hey, you still giving lessons? Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's kick it back up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, w- I was definitely, as I was kind of reflecting on, you know, very influential type of person. I, that that was the person that uh that came to mind i i really i really don't have somebody that i think influenced me the way like he did and i and i think it was like that that whole like belief aspect mm-hmm. you know like he he really believed that i could just do whatever i wanted to and mm-hmm. i think that's incredibly powerful like 
and something that I'm definitely going to hold with me as mm-hmm. as I'm, you know, like it's like it's like I don't know, like sometimes like maybe just people need to hear those words from yeah. a authority figure or a big, you know, a bigger person. It's just like saying those words I think is is incredibly motivating and powerful mm-hmm. for those people. So No, yeah, agreed. All right, Michael, my next drink is also a from a German brewery. It is Huntanen uh Tannen Hell. Um and this one is five percent ABV and it is very much different. Uh it's more like a, a lager style than uh the the Marzen Oktoberfest. And like when I took the first drink of it, I was just like Woo, baby, this is shifting gears. Um, uh, I, I, it, man, talk about going from a beer to two beers you shouldn't pair together like these. But um, I can kind of come back to this one because, man, I'm having all kinds of weird, weird uh, flavors going on from the the Marzen style. Um, but yeah, it is. Uh, like I said, it's it's like a lager lager style uh, type of type of beer nice all right i'm continuing my brew dog overworks journey <laughs> across the cosmos with their cosmic crush boysenberry <laughs> 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 um this one this one i feel is not as sour and that boysenberry really does that flavor comes through a lot more than the apricot maybe maybe the apricot from the previous one was coming through more and i'm just not since i'm not a huge apricot fan maybe it's just like i wasn't picking out the apricot flavors you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's very similar in everything about it um it's six percent it's a little lower abv it is again their overworks um it's their description is redder than the red planet aromas of (laughs) aromas of critic malic and lactic acidity juice to the outer limits with funky barnyard undertones Lightly dry on the palate with a crisp, refreshing finale. Um, yeah. So, uh, do you know what a boysenberry is? First, before I, I go on, <laughs> have you ever heard of the term? Like, I, it sounds like poisonberry. Like, mm-hmm. ah, it's poison. But no, it boysen like boys. <laughs> um, yeah, I've definitely heard that term before. But could I? Could I say like? Could I look at a picture and say that's a boy? No, I couldn't. Yeah. Do that. So I had to look it up, and so it's essentially it's a cross among the European raspberry, European blackberry, American dewberry, and the lo- Loganberry. So <laughs> four different berries that they're just like. That's a berry orgy right there. <laughs> Fuck it, let's throw it together. <laughs> <laughs> that's a berry orgy if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Uh, show title. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love that the Wikipedia article, like, so Wikipedia, I, you know, I, I can fall down that rabbit hole so many times, mm-hmm. but sometimes it'll just be like, yep, this is what I expected from a Wikipedia article. Right. Now, boys and bear, I wouldn't expect there to be such a robust history section on the boys okay. and bear Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I love it. It's like you, there has to be some huge boysenberry yeah. fan that's like we really need to dive into the the history of the boysenberry. 
because the exact origins of the boysenberry are unclear, but the most definite <laughs> definite records trace the plant as it's known today back to grower Rudolph Boysen, who <laughs> obtained the Dewberry Loganberry parent from the farm of of John Lubin in the late twenties. And it just keeps going. It's like yeah. somebody wrote a book. Yeah, like, I'm going to continue the um, oral history of the boysenberry lineage. <laughs> <laughs> so as as you're reading that uh the memories came flooding back into my my mind of when i took this archaeology class at osu and i really when i when i signed up for it i thought it was going to be like cool like jurassic park but no it was like boring and like we were talking about like poop and so, like, I was imagining, like, somebody, like, tracing the origins of the bo- boysenberry by, like, studying, like, poop from, you know, two <laughs> Animals, millennia ago. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and they're like, yes, this culture definitely ate early versions of the boysenberry. Of the boysenberry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poop can tell you a lot about, uh, you know, um a species and stuff, yeah so. yeah <laughs> those boys and berries so uh long story short i did not enjoy taking that class it was it was pretty <laughs> painful oh it sounds amazing to me i really yeah like <laughs> <laughs> um but back to the beer it's it's good it 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 feels less sour and again it's probably because my mouth is coated in mm-hmm. sourness from the previous beer and this is where i hit the point where i'm kind of I'm sharing these two beers with Katie tonight. So they're they're two 12-ounce bottles. So right now I'll have had 12 ounces tonight. And I feel like my mouth needs a palate cleanser. Mm -hmm. And generally I'll like to, you know, have a sour, but it's kind of like one sour, right? Mm -hmm. And then we'll move on to something else. Right right now it's just my mouth is just like, you know, it's like coated with sour patch kids. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, uh, so, uh, you know, I we left off with, you know, you talking about, like, kind of the power of someone believing in you. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt that, you know, it's really powerful when a parent believes in you. But at a certain point in your life, you start feeling like, well, you have to. It's kind of like, oh, you have to love me because I'm <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Mom. Yeah, you're you're my mom. You have to say I'm the the greatest of all time, right, or whatever it is. Your mom's like, I've never said that, Kevin. <laughs> no, um, but when you hear it from somebody that has real real no gain to get from it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you were paying him twenty bucks a week, and so maybe he's like, uh, your mom's like, here's an extra five dollars. Tell him that you know he can go to burgers. <laughs> and he's just like, sure, I'll tell your son whatever you, you right. president, um, which I don't think has happened right but but when you do have that like it's kind of a an external push that you weren't expecting mm-hmm. um is is nice to hear and a lot of those histories are that 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 happens with is with teachers right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. with you know good example i had of that and i was thinking of that when you were talking about it is in my seventh and eighth grade which was our middle school at the time our art history teacher was named Mr. Fish. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was kind of a kooky art teacher, real nice guy. You know, he'd always make the joke of like, oh, I, you know, I went and got my my hairs cut. You know, he had to make sure they were, that was plural. I uh, got my hairs cut, <laughs> not haircut. Um, but I remember end of eighth grade, you know, art class, 
And he just sat down like next to me. And he was this like really big, imposing figure. I don't know how mm-hmm. big he was because, you know, I was in eighth grade. I hadn't like really gone through puberty yet and had my growth spurt. So I don't know. But he felt looming over me. Yeah, right? yeah. And so he could be an intimidating person if you didn't like take his class. And he just like kind of pulls up and he's, you know, he, he just he had this like mustache. And I remember him just being like, so are you, you, you know, going to continue taking art classes? Um, you know, like next year and beyond. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And he's like, okay, good, good. You know, because I, I wanted to make sure you did that. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. You know, and I, I remember being like, oh, I'm glad I am taking art classes. It's like at that point, when you move into high school, that's when you definitely have to start being like, well, I have these electives, right? And like, yeah, yeah. I have to do this or this. And that's why my senior, ju- end of my junior year and senior year, I stopped taking art classes and started taking computer science classes because I was like, well, I'm going into computer science, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I, you know, I regret that now. I wish right, I right. I was, I was a, I don't, I don't know how I, I lumped into it. I was like a TA for physics class, and I was, I don't even know what you would call it. It wasn't teaching assistant, but for um, art, my senior year, I essentially just made clay. <laughs> like so, everybody was like taking their art class that I had t- already taken the year before. Right. And I was just the clay maker in the uh-huh. back. So I'd just be like kneading and like clay. And so I'd, my hands would just be, I don't know how much you made with clay, but it's like your hands just get dry as hell. Right. And it's like uh-huh. you can go wash your hands, but just like when you're, when you're doing that stuff, it's just like for a day, your hand is, your arms and hands are just. Uh- <laughs> uh, but, 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 but you know what, why I led there was just because Mr. Fish sat down and was like, I, you know, kind of like, I want you to continue doing this. Uh-huh. And it, uh-huh. was, it was a nice thing that I wasn't expecting. Right. right. Um, and so the power of that, like unexpected, oh, okay. You know, you can push and yeah, yeah. You know, you have the opposite side where you have a person, authority figure coming down on you for, you know, whatever reasons. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that happens a lot in college when they're like trying to like, this is going to be the real world, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know? And like, mm-hmm. I think there's a fine line of they're doing it because it's true, which is definitely a factor, but also because they feel they need to be negative. And like, that was an interesting transition. Right. And, and, and it's a good lesson to learn. It's like, you're not always going to have this, you know, mag- mythical, mentor figure Mm -hmm. you know as your boss or as your bigger boss and stuff but it it helps me realize the people i want to surround myself with in a work environment and thankfully i'm fortunate enough that i'm able to kind of job search and jump around right Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people you know that are um have good jobs but they're kind of stuck in that job. It's not like they have options to leave to go somewhere else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And one of the benefits I had with my career is I could be like, I can't work with this person. I've tried. Um, and it's, it's not going to work. I'm, I'm mentally, it's, it's not going to work for me. Right. And so I, I had the luxury of job searching and in truthfully, the only way I ever made more money was by leaving my job and going to another job, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and, and, it's the older I get, I don't want to like stay in a position, even in life. Like if, if I'm not surrounding myself with people that are mentors for me, mm-hmm. you know, just in little bit of things like, yeah, like Katie's a mentor for me in, in, in ways, you know, my, my friends are mentors for me in ways and stuff like surrounding yourself with people that can do 
that inspiration that's mm. helping you move forward, making your life better mm. is so important to me because if they're not doing that, why am I keeping them in my life? Right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like super negative about it, but it's right. like, well, you always hear that saying, like you are, you are the sum of the five closest people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously if you would have some type of toxic, uh, uh, relationship or in mm-hmm. you know person um, that obviously seeps into your own yeah, you know kind of true. ideals and and everything and, and and it's like it doesn't even have to be a super toxic person right like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to be an extreme of like oh they're mentally abusive like I'm not even talking about that level I'm just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like especially with my my previous job where I was working with tons and tons of people right and you have to work across many different personalities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people that don't like people, and then you're in the middle of those two people. And you know, I'd be working a place, and I'd be like, "Oh, I work with so and so," and they'd be like, "How? How do you work with that asshole?" Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And you're, and I, I don't immediately be like, "Oh yeah, he's a fucking dick," you know, like <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I. I, I I play the 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 good middle person and just be like, uh, you're you're funny, you know, like no, mm. oh, serious. I, I can't stand the person, you know, like that type of stuff. And and it, it's and again, I had the luxury of being in a position that I could kind of make my decision or make my path different mm-hmm. based on mm-hmm. the people around me and stuff. And so I'm not going to downplay that. Like I was in a position to be able to do that where a lot of people can't, mm-hmm. right? Um, but man, being in that position to be able to surround yourself with people like in work life and personal life and extended life, you know, cause it's, it's mm-hmm. work life balance is a real thing. Right. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, it should be called life work balance. Right. Like I, I never wanted work to be take over my life. Right. Yeah. Um, what's the yeah. saying? Um, Oh, lived, <laughs> uh, work to live, not, not. Uh, work to live, right? Or no, sorry, I said that wrong. <laughs> work to live, not live to work. Um, mm-hmm. And that's very true. And I kind of feel that way with like mentors is, yeah, the more you can surround with people that you think are positive, the, the more guitar teachers you can find in your life, Kevin, mm-hmm. the better your life will be, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which which kind of leads me to to this question that I, I, I have is I've been seeing um, like, I, I mean I haven't I, I haven't dived deep into it, but there's there's services to be hired. You have um like a lot of times like small businesses will get like a business coach and mm-hmm. they will help them coach them through like what they need to do to s- succeed. And so I was kind of thinking along those lines of of could I find value in paying money to somebody to somebody like I think they kind of sometimes call themselves like life coaches or or some other kitschy name or something like that. Yeah. Would I benefit from paying someone to kind of tell me, you know, I I just want to basically say like this is where I'm at. Yeah. What could I do? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, well, I mean, y- you you. Know. you you know, I'm saying like the royal you, not necessarily you, but you know, you pay people to do your taxes, you mm-hmm. pay people to sell your house, you pay people to do any number to d- 
do your plumbing. You pay people yeah. to do yeah. your elect- electricity, right? And no matter what you do in your life, there will always be somebody that's like, oh, I can do that myself. Why mm-hmm. would I ever pay someone to do that? Right? right. I can do my own plumbing. I can do my own um, taxes. I can do, you know, what, whatever it is, right? But just like those things where you don't even think twice about it, like you might be like, oh, I really want to do this. And then you're like, okay, I gave up. I, I need someone to work on my motorcycle to fix mm-hmm. it, right? Like you tried, you gave it the valiant effort. Why would, yeah, getting something like a life coach be any different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If, if you feel you could get a, a benefit from it, right? Um, what's the worst that happens is you lose money and you're like, that was a waste of money, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, we all waste money on the dumbest things in life, right? And if it's something that you think could possibly, you know, you mm-hmm. could get a benefit from, yeah. why not try it? You know, right, I, don't, I don't know. Right. I've never looked into it. I don't know how much it is and how long you need to do it for, but. Yeah, you know. and that and that's the thing is like, it's, it's kind of like wishy-washy and like people call it different things, you know, they, you know, and so it's like what, number one, defining like what exactly I'm after, but also like, you know, <laughs> making sure like that i'm just not like throwing money at like you know joe blow that be like yeah, yeah. you know well, like a con a con artist or something like that They'd well like, yeah. that's we have the uh the benefit of and the negative of living in a society where mm-hmm. we can look up people right yeah now, obviously yeah. they they could fake their reviews and stuff but you have to use your thinking cap and be like okay if all the reviews come from uh, drjoblow.com and then he reads and he says i'm a real doctor my name is dr joe blow like (laughs) (laughs) like i was born named doctor you know you're like what is going on you know but like i i think you can try it um just try it i mean like Mm -hmm. again if 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 you have the money for it right and you think it could possibly benefit from you. Like a good example for me is, um, shoot, like Stitch Fix. Like, the, have you heard of those that are like these clothing companies that they'll like, you talk to a stylist and they'll put together clothes for you and then they send you a box and then okay. be like, here's three shirts, here's yeah. two pants, here's, yeah. based on your style. And I, when I first heard about, I think it was Stitch, I can't remember at this, it's been so long. Um, but Stitch Fix is one of them, I know. Um, I was excited about it because I always was just bad at fashion, right? Like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I used to just not care, even though I kind of did care. But I was <laughs> like, oh, whatever, right, whatever. And I was like, well, I would look, yeah, to, giant, like, to look giant nice. Yeah, holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. High, high school was just all about the holes in my shirts and stuff. Because uh, why would I ever pay money to get new shirts? You know? <laughs> I was the guy that's like, I can fix this plumbing myself. And then, you know, well, that bathroom just doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and so I was super paper. excited about like Stitch Fix because at that time I would never, ever pay for somebody to be my stylist. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. ridiculous. Right. That's ridiculous. Oh, but I could talk to somebody and tell them what I like, and then they just send me stuff in a box. That's not, that's completely different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, being sarcastic here. And so I liked it, but I also felt like it wasn't far enough, right? Like they sent me some stuff, and I was like, I don't think they really understood what I was trying to say. Like, and that's right. when I was really like, man, I would love to go into Brooks Brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah. In DC and be like, you know, 
make give me five five days and, and i know it'd be thousands and thousands of dollars but i'd love to do that right mm-hmm. be like hey i, mm-hmm. I want to i want this suit tailored i yeah. want these shirts tailored i want everything tailored right, right like right getting not just your coat tailored, and like that was always kind of my fantasy of being able to do something like that yeah and not just from yeah. suits but just be like I just want to, you know, like, I would love to do that. Right. And, but if you told me that 20 years ago, I'd be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why are you doing that? And so your life coach thing, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what you need to look into for a quote unquote life coach, like you said. Um, but, you know, I'm sure there's many, what you should probably search for is life coach fraud or something. And right. And then you'll get yeah. some videos of people being like, oh, definitely avoid these types right, of people. Right. Right. Um, I had, I had found like one. Um, that looked really good. It was like, oh, it's like a nine week course and all of this stuff. And like, um, the, the, um, as I was Googling it, like the first, the first result was, is it a fraud? And you like, people were just like, yeah, it's like, don't, don't waste, don't waste your money. It's clever advertising. It's mm-hmm. yeah. Like don't, don't waste your money. So I would say anything that's going to be nine months, I would probably avoid. Mm-hmm. I, I, you, you would, you need to find something that is like a month. Like it's a person that speaks with you. It, it's here's what I'd think. It would be need to be somebody that you talk to first and they don't even charge you or something yeah, like that. Or yeah. they might charge you like a consulting fee or something. Right, right. But it's like, here's what they, they tell you what they're going to do. It's, it's like what their, you know, what their plan is and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you can make the decision. But if somebody's like, yeah, just sign up for a year, you know, that to me immediately screams, no, like back up. That's right. You know, right. That, that's too much. But I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a good thing to, you know, pursue. I think, mm-hmm. I, th- I, I think it, you know, try yeah, it. What's, it, it what's if if anything, I just I would love to just like bounce ideas off off somebody. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like what if you know what if I did this or what? You know, I'm thinking about this or you know, like kind of just like a. And I think the key you're getting at Kevin is kind of like with the guitar teacher. You already bounce ideas off me all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You already bounce ideas off your family, off of Melissa all the time. I think what you're getting at is you kind of want a third party, right? That kind of like your guitar teacher that, that um, encourages you to do something, not because they're related to you or they have this history with you. Right. But it's like right. they're seeing something in you. They're like, Oh yeah, I do see that. Mm-hmm. You, and you can mm-hmm. do that. And so that's where I think you're coming from. You're wanting this kind of yeah. external source. Yeah to bounce these ideas off of right yeah exactly they have they have no no stake in the game so to speak you know it's like they they don't they they're a complete stranger Mm -hmm. and they are just giving me like objective advice of like you know hey i i i'm thinking about this i'm i'm thinking about you know this and they'd be like that's a terrible idea i've worked (laughs) with people before that that you know uh, percentage of success is is really low and you know like unless you're like all in and like that's all you want to do like then you know um <laughs> i want to start taking because it, it's kind of i mean I, I i call it i call it life coaching but it's also kind of just like i just want to like really like play to my strengths and i feel like i i don't do that like i i mm-hmm. i feel like 
I need to like figure that out. But well, anyways, I think I think you need to figure topic. out what your strengths like. I think you're struggling with a lot of the stuff you need is inward reflection, mm-hmm. as well as you want outward acceptance or uh, what's the term? It's not acceptance. It's a uh, affirmation. Validation. Validation. Yeah. You you want you need to figure out what you want mm-hmm. first. I don't think a life coach or anyone's going to tell you that, right? They're not going to be like, oh, I monitored you for six months and you're really good at, um, you know, making mac and cheese. You should be your, a mac and your, cheese maker, right? Like, your biometrics, <laughs> you know, and so I, I don't, I don't think they'll do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think you need to come up with that stuff and then you would, you know, just kind of like, just like Stitch Fix where I'm like, well, I kind of like these shirts and this is the style I kind of mm-hmm. like. I think I could pull it off, but I don't know. I'm not good at this, right? And then it takes that person saying, well, why don't you try this and this and this? Then it didn't always work. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. You, you should try. I also go to, you know, start out simple, dude. Go to fucking Reddit slash R slash life advice. Mm-hmm. You know, post anonymously. Yeah, yeah. And just say, I'm a, th- you know, 34-year-old, blah, 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 right, blah, blah. And just right. see what, you know, because I guarantee you, there will probably be responses in there that you'll be like, huh. Yeah. Okay. And, and then then you can take the next step and pay somebody right, however much right. money, right? And but I st- actually, I had thought about that because I had... um uh, you know, you you uh introduced me to uh Dadit on Reddit uh mm-hmm. for for dads, but then there's a pre Dadit for soon to be dads, and so I thought like I would like I would never post something, but I I wanted I I thought maybe just to like pose a question, be like, has anybody else like been in this type of scenario? Mm-hmm. You know, just like kind of pose that question just to see if anybody you should like you should. And what it's called is a throwaway account. Create some fake account. Yeah. Yeah. Called not KJM. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my social security number is. Yeah. Yeah. Not not. This is not my, you know, just create a splooge, splooge, splooge. Right. 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 Um, And then you ask the question and then you don't have, you know, like, right. Throw it away and never log into it again and stuff. You know, try it out. and Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I mean, there's uh, kind of you know, like looking at some of the questions that's been posted on the pre data. Um, I, I thought that was really powerful. Like, um, just like some of the people that are like, like this one guy really shared. Like, he was just like, has anybody like all of a sudden like been really afraid of their wife just like dying and like you know them being left to like raise this human by themselves and it was like amazing that's right up kevin's alley he's just like all the fucking time (laughs) but anyways it's just amazing how like people like can you know you you feel like you're alone in in some aspects but then other people are like oh yeah like that was like i was a mess the whole you know like a guy would chime in and be like i was a mess the whole time at my life all right, a, a new micro challenge because before we go on to the challenge of the year, um, uh, uh, I, I'm going to challenge you to um, go to Life Advice um, and just subscribe to it, mm-hmm. but also create a throwaway account and ask a question. Ask whatever question you had on Predata. Mm-hmm. And again, use use <laughs> some completely made up thing, right? And right, it's right. It's a throwaway account, but you need to you need to try. It. Just do once. Yeah, like that just 
what 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 literally is the worst that's going to happen <laughs> you're asking a question yeah. on some random <laughs> forum right of other people in similar situations right right because because here's the thing is you're you're not that unique mm-hmm. right yeah um yeah. no matter how your situation is somebody else has probably gone through that thing before right like, yeah obviously the details are always different and you know but but the overall situation is probably similar to something mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. else has had you know yeah but i don't know man all right so speaking of uh goals uh, or uh challenges how's your running going <laughs> <laughs> i knew you were gonna fucking ask that yeah i have uh run exactly uh zero point oh come on kevin <laughs> you've got like you told me you needed six months. Now don't wait yeah. until June and then like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right. until right because then the baby <laughs> will be here and I'll be like, I get run because the baby. Yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna just start having all these excuses. I can't. Uh, Melissa's with the baby, and I'm sure Melissa's like, you can go for a run, go for a run. You're like, yeah. I, I can't. There's too much stuff going. On. She's like, I'm breastfeeding the baby right now. You're like, I gotta stay here. Like, be like go this for a run. granite. This granite needs polished. I can't do it. <laughs> this granite needs polished <laughs> that's the intro right there oh man my song this week is actually a playlist <laughs> <laughs> um I'll, I'll pick a song from this uh i finally have gotten my office into it's not done yet i still want to get a, a, a rug specifically for mm-hmm. it i want to paint the walls i want to get a little couch for it and stuff but the actual layout of everything else i'm finally like so close to being really happy with mm-hmm. and one of those things that i've done is i've re set up all my speakers and stuff and for years i've been trying i've been like flirting with using headphones for music listening and i've just I, I came to the realization i am just a speaker person I'm, i've never been a headphone person i don't like things on my ears i've never liked us talking for the this hour and a half with these headphones on yeah, for this long yeah it's just, it's always been a thing for me. And I'm sure huh. there, if I get other headphones, you know, they, but anyways, it's still in my head. They're still yeah, cable yeah. dangling. I, I'd much rather just be in an open air environment with music. And so one of the things I've been using to test my uh, speaker placement and everything, my sub placement, is this playlist called Jazz Funk Fusion Bass Groove. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it too. So enjoy. Thank you. 
Funky. All right, Michael, are you ready for another? 